is Melanin. And I'm Belief Mel. And we're here with episode 122 of How, How Married, Married Are, Are You? My name is Belief, this is Yvette, and we've been married 12 years, live in California, got four kids, relationships are scary, and it's very necessary that we share our love of struggles and we ask how, how married, married are you every week on a Thursday, shawty. If you're listening, you're in a wedding party, it's okay if you want to put your hands up, you got the questions, we got the answers. It's chocolate baby uh. story time. Chocolate baby story time. It's, it's chocolate, chocolate baby. baby story time. One. Two, three, and okay, okay, okay. Baby Welcome black, man. Welcome black to another episode of How Made Are You? We are so happy to be here. Um, we have a uh, chocolate baby story time. <laughs> I just said it's <laughs> Uzi. Oh, Uzi. Um, I do you mind if I go first? Yeah, you started, baby. Okay, so we went to what were we doing? We were in the room. We were in the room. Did you find it? Yes, I stepped in it. Oh, yeah. You had, did you just finish? No, you weren't painting. You were doing something I asked you to do in the room or something. Or maybe we were just sitting and admiring the boys' clean room. Yeah, and Yvette stepped on Uzi's pee. Now, I have a thing about wet socks at the house. (laughs) I always stepped on a puddle or, like, water or something like that, and it's always wet. And it's like wet socks bugs me, but Yvette stepped in pee, and we were trying to figure out... Whose pee was it? And you may have seen the video. It went viral, I think, on TikTok or whatever. Uh, they're pretty good on YouTube, too. But Uzi said that Lily did it. And I just had to keep questioning him. And then he admitted that he indeed peed on the floor. Do you think that he took his pants down and peed? Because 100% I, because his pants his were pants not wet. <laughs> not wet. And so that was, I don't know what that was, but I feel like it's very disrespectful that he would pee in his brother's room. <laughs> Not even in his own room. Yeah, because that, and, and the thing is, we've seen him pee like on the artificial turf in the back. Yes. And he'll be like, well, Lily does it, <laughs> you know, and I think he's just seeing what she's doing and just reenacting. And so, yeah, some people were pretty disgusted by that. Why would you laugh? Da, da, da. It, it was funny. And he's only three in his potty training. And these are the... This is what parenting is. And, like, if you don't laugh about some of the things that we have to deal with, then what is life anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like, if know? we took it all seriously, we'd all have gray hairs. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> God. All right. Let's keep it moving. I was really proud of that one. Thank what you, you. What do you got? What do you got? I was, um, the other day, we were, it was breakfast time, maybe, and Glenn and I were having discourse. What were we talking about? I don't remember what we were talking about. Something that wasn't wasn't a fight at all. Yeah. And then Uriah goes, are you guys fighting? And I was just like, wow. Because the kids have been saying things to us lately about, like, how we parent or, you know, not necessarily how we parent, but just they just been saying things. They've been observing and saying things. And I'm like, these kids really do have no perspective of life. You know, like they're only they're limited to their own perspective. And if we were to continue to like base how good we are doing as a parent off of what we what they say or how they think about us, we would be it's just misconstrued. Yeah, because Glenn and I were literally talking just like this. We may have disagreed about something, but it was something so minuscule that it wasn't like I don't even know. I don't remember what we were talking about. I wish I remembered. Yeah, they, they just, they, they said, are you guys fighting? And then they said that before when we were driving a car one time. Yeah. And I was just like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. And it's just like such a bad perspective. 
And if you you you're right, babe. Like if you just go off of what your children say, you're gonna feel like a piece of crap. But we can't because they really don't have perspective. Yeah, it's like when you realize when you and they won't even have perspective for a long time. No, they're still gonna think we trash. I mean, I don't. Our kids think we trash. (laughs) I don't think so. But I think I'm trash for sure. (laughs) I don't know about that, babe. Go ahead. But I just think that like. There's a lot of things about my parents as parents that I don't understand until now. Yeah. Because I'm in, I'm a parent. Yeah, in motherhood. Yeah. And so, and you just don't even understand the amount of sacrifice, all the things. But I was sharing that story to share my revelation. Like, we cannot base how well we're doing as a mother or a father um, according to these children because they don't necessarily have a full range of experience or insight about the ins and outs of what we do. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. it. Ungrateful kids. All right, let's move on. Yeah. I have something to say. I have a, uh, a, a pickup from a story from last week. Okay. Your, my, my how married are you last week was I did the diet with you. So guys, uh, after we re- after we recorded this episode, okay, right? If you guys. listen to episode one twenty one, please let me finish. I don't even feel like this is a segment on the show. At this point, we should be talking about the topic. Okay, but I feel like people are they're left <laughs> they, they're all scrambled from last no, time. They don't know they don't know they remember don't. what happened. They know we were talking about uh, am I carrying the weight? We were talking about weight <laughs> distribution and deficiency. <laughs> so let me just finish, please, guys. Here's an update for you. I said, Yvette. She said, you know, if it wasn't if the shoes on the other foot and you needed me to do the diet with you, I would not try I would not even do it. I would not do it. I mean pretend to do it. I said, you wouldn't even taste it. And you said, come on, give me more credit. I said, okay, maybe you taste it. <laughs> Guys, we went to a yogurt spot, a, a sorbet spot or whatever it's no, called. No, it's uh acai bowl. Right, right, right. We went to a place to get some yogurt acai. sorbet. Yeah, some you know, a bowl or whatever. So we go do we do this thing. So I got this bowl that wasn't good. It, it had like some like artificial peanut butter in it no. or something. Just let me tell the story. <laughs> You're trying to interrupt me about this. I'm trying to little... tell the facts because it was acai it, mixed it with peanut matter. butter, but it, it was a healthy version. It doesn't matter. It was gross. But listen. So I'm walking. So we Yvette was like, what do you want to do for date night? We didn't really have anything planned, so we went on a walk. And I think we were both in a mood. To the sunset. <laughs> we went on a walk to the sunset. We were watching the sunset on a walk. Okay. We're walking. She's munching her bowl. And I'm like, man, this bowl is so <laughs> gross. I'm eating mine. Yvette is looking at my bowl and just kind of like, mm. you know, just kind of eating just about her merry way. And I go, babe, taste this. And she goes, no, I'm not tasting it. No. And I said, exactly. You wouldn't taste it. Here. Taste it. Now, either it has no flavor or we both got COVID. How bad is it? It's so bad. She was like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and then she tasted it and it was the grossest thing she ever. Oh my goodness. And what really infuriates me is I was done. <laughs> so she could get with the taste my bowl. <laughs> I was done with my bowl, and this fool like makes me feel all guilty because I said I would at least taste it, and I was saying no, I don't need to taste it. And then I tasted it, and that's the last 
taste. But here's the thing. That e- was in my mouth. Yvette was like, why don't you try that? You'll like that one. <laughs> no. It was your idea. <laughs> it was her idea. But wait, 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 wait. The thing is, he loves peanut butter. He loves peanut butter. You even, like, you wouldn't have gone with it if you didn't think it would have been good. And the girl behind the counter was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I said, I don't care. I literally told the girl, I don't care. Whatever. I said, I don't care. Whatever. That's great. And I wasn't even rude. I just was like, I don't know what I'm here. I just want to get something. The craziest thing about this story, y'all, is the man, like, practically finished the bowl. And when I got the bite that I got, I was like, this is disgusting. I would have never even ate a second bite. <laughs> like, it would have been done. Yeah, it was so I bad. cannot believe he endured that. It's like, why put this in your body? <laughs> it was so gross. I, 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 you know what's crazy is that, like, I didn't want to make you feel bad because you chose that. I didn't feel bad for you. <laughs> you chose it. <laughs> I suggested it because of the flavoring, not because of anything else. I didn't feel bad. Yeah. Should I have? No, you you didn't feel bad, and I, I guess you wouldn't feel bad. That's the, my own issues. I got yeah, issues with got that issues. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, you probably would have traded your bowl. Yeah, but uh, the, here's the thing: I'm willing to support you in what you do, and I am even bad decisions you make. I'm right by your side, being dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that we, you, I just said, hey, babe, taste this. That's all you had to do, and you were you did not want to taste it, and you did only because I brought up the fact that we talked about it right before in this podcast. <laughs> Anyway, let's move forward. Ooh, all that to say, this podcast is holding us accountable. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> okay, so the other day, Glenn sent me this TikTok that actually I think has gone pretty um So many different viral. people are talking about this topic. It's it, crazy. Yeah, actually, I don't know if it's viral. It's just because it doesn't, I don't know how many people N- Not just this, not the TikTok is viral, but the article. The article itself has gone viral. Yeah. Um, and it's an article titled The Rise of Lonely Single Men, and it was written on by um, Greg Matos on Psychology Today. Um, and we're just going to sum it up for you. Basically, it's saying there's a lot of men on these um, dating apps and the pool. They're like making it seem as though the pool for women is wider. Right. And the article also goes on to talk about how men need to step up their game as far as um they, relationship skills skill they said that for men this means a relationship skills gap that if not addressed will likely lead to fewer dating opportunities and longer periods of being single the problem for men is that emotional connection is the lifeblood of healthy long-term love and it requires all the skills that families still are not consistently teaching young boys and so they're suggesting that like men need to get in touch with their feelings, be better communicators. There's a lot of different things that they say in here that are putting a lot of accountability on men. And so today we wanted to, or Glenn had a lot of thoughts. I'm just going to say Glenn had a lot of thoughts on this particular article, right? What did you say? Well, I, I was watching because my, my TikTok thread is full of like, um, it's like a lot of black perspectives so there's like men are responding to it women are responding to it some of them are like some men are kind of like yeah and that's we need to we need to step up some women are like bashing men because they ain't got it together um altogether the the whole conversation seems very like problematic because it seems like it's like a blame game you know what I mean? And Say more what you mean by blame game. Like, it's like, 
this is why men are X. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, the the whole point is kind of like, I just had this like, I was just listening to like all these different people's perspectives and I was just like, y'all really don't get that we're like supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm not, and it's just, it's like this, um, this this thing where I hear a lot of women th- discuss like you and I, and they'll be like, "Well, I'm not dating for potential, and I don't want to turn someone into a project, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. don't like what is that? Like, I don't want to do that. And the whole point it was like, you're a project too. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we're all projects. Like, none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. None of us are extremely put together in a lot of different ways. There are some men who need to figure out therapy that don't know how to do that yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, there are, and, and, and I'm not sure what the dating culture is like. I'm a whole married man out here, you know what I'm saying? Loving it, right? But I I believe that there is a misunderstanding in the role of, coming together to becoming one. And I just think there's kind of like this, well, y'all stay over there. I'm only dating this type of person. And it's just kind of like, I just don't think people get how it all goes together and how we're supposed to work. And so I understand that there is um, an issue with finding the right person that has potential to grow. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just wanted to kind of maybe show some of the things that you should be looking for when you're dating put for potential, right? Um, Before you go there, um, and I don't know if this is derailing the conversation a little bit, but I was as you were talking, I was wondering if our generation or this um, era of dating is impacted because we have so much access to the highlight reel of people's people in relationships in marriages and relationships that maybe people in the nineties, which is not that long ago, but it's long ago. That was 30 years ago. (laughs) um, Didn't have, you know what I mean? Like everyone can say, but then I'm thinking about like, you know, the Bill Cosby show or Family Matters. The Cosby show. The Cosby show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like those relationships, because those were like our relationship goals or those were like our family goals um, back in the day. But now we get so much access to people's lives of all kinds of whatever that we are like, oh man, I like that. I like this. I like the other. And then for some of us, we're taking all the different things from all these um, picture perfect families and relationships. And we're saying, oh, this is what I want and expecting that to be a thing. And I think sometimes like before you even start to think about like the potential or the growth, the um, it's a growth mindset. The educator in me is coming out. Um, And I think, I don't think that's just a term for education. Have you heard it? I didn't pay attention to school. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily <laughs> in school, silly. Um, but it's like having a growth mindset as it pertains to education. What growth mindset talks about is like allowing 
So, for example, if you're like a homeschooling um, parent or whatever, or even just a teacher or whatever, you're working with someone, you're trying to teach them something. And at first they are on the struggle bus. They ain't getting it. They're just like, ugh, mm. whatever. They don't get it initially. But if we allow ourselves as the educator and them as the person receiving knowledge to believe that that's as far as they're going to get, then that's as, that's as far as they're going to get. But if both of us are aligned in our in our belief that they have potential to learn this concept and that we all we have to do is adjust our teaching method or adjust our attitude or whatever, then there is potential to actually learn. So that's kind of like a general synopsis of what the growth mindset is. Okay, but it seems like you're saying that the woman is the teacher in I'm not saying I'm not right. saying I'm not even a gender I'm not being specific right, right. as far as that is concerned. I'm saying the individual, mm -hmm. um, whether you're male, female, or whatever. But anywho, I just think that if we, I feel like social media in general is like limiting that growth mindset idea. As like it, it's not giving us, it's not, um, uh, I don't know what I'm trying no, to say. No, it, it has tainted our perspective on what, relationships really look like yeah um this like is so interesting because as we find out more about our favorite celebrities or mm -hmm. favorite couples we realize that like man i don't want that at all yeah but that's not for you that's for them mm -hmm. that's what they worked for that's what they got out of the work they put in mm -hmm. and depending on the amount of work you're willing to do the amount of work you're um, willing to do with and um, in collaboration with someone else, right? Like you get different results. And so I just really, I don't know, I kind of want to paint a better picture of what relationships should look like. And it's not, like I don't think people understand that men aren't like lonely like that. Like, I think men are lonely, but like, it's a lot more of them on dating sites because that is a very easy way to meet people. You know what I mean? Like, and I have my own theories about why men are on there, and I shouldn't. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's probably stereotyping and whatever, but some of them might just be on there for a booty call. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there may finesse, be more finesse, of them finesse, that finesse, are finesse. like, oh, I got this whole pool of. Lonely woman, I just got to speak nice things to them and they'll just come knocking on my door. I saw this, um, I don't know what the device was, but it was like a rubber finger and it was like a, a spinning thing. And he just had his app open to Tinder and everything was just swiping right. So it was like every every girl that popped up was just, he was accepting. Because like the more women you're able to meet, the more likely you are able to go out with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. So it's like, I think that there are definitely some ways and things men can be doing to um, make themselves just better human beings, right? And better for family, better for a wife or whatever, right? Opportunities. No, uh, there, there's definitely things that women can be doing as well to prepare themselves for being in relationships. And so... So would you say that our point in bringing up this article is to 
encourage everybody that it's a shared responsibility of becoming in order to become together? I mean, it just depends on everybody's goal, right? Like, what is your real goal? Is your goal to find a mate or is your goal to, like, sound start like a family? Huh? Says you sound like you from Europe, a mate? No, I don't, because you're watching them stupid shows. <laughs> the bad color grading and the subtitles. So, uh, yeah, like, is your goal to find a mate? Is your goal to start a family? Like, what's the real goal? And I'm not saying take on a man as a project, right? But I think that the the misunderstanding is that you're not a project, too. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought we were talking to individuals. I didn't think we were talking to women. We're not talking to women specifically, but the overall like synopsis that I've seen from this article is that like, see, that's why y'all lonely. That's why who lonely? Men. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like get your act together or else you won't yeah. be lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, and honestly like, because I feel like people watch this podcast, but like, okay, let's look at you and I. Mm-hmm. Your boy's looking real bad out here. I mean like, I don't even know what you were thinking. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Why did he vet, they date me? Mm-hmm. Right? Volunteering, making, I was making paper plates for money. You know what I'm saying? Yvette has a whole career. She's very studious. I'm like this artist individual. Um, and it would appear that Yvette is like downgrading. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't think she was, I don't think that's a wrong statement. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't say that, like, that all the value that I added, you couldn't see it in the beginning, I don't feel. I could see it, obviously. Yeah, you could see it. But, like, on paper, from the perspective of the people that you were in community with, probably not. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. Some of them didn't care. But some of them were kind of like, where'd you get your degree? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is such a superficial question, I think. You know what like, I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I think in time, like, you have made me better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have, and it wasn't like you were working on me, hey, you know, you really should do your cuticles. And if hey, I had my way, you would be living something out that wasn't you because I was trying to get you to become an educator I was like go to barber school like do something choose something and just Mm -hmm. do it yeah (laughs) and you were eventually able to find your thing and I think you are thriving in creativity like you are the I wouldn't say the unfortunate I don't know if you would find it fortunate or unfortunate but you are just a multi-talented person And I think that you had to come to where you are on your own. And all I had to do was be here to support, pray. Well, you gave me accountability. You gave gave me a lot of accountability and I received it. Mm -hmm. And without that accountability, I don't believe that I could grow Mm -hmm. to the man I was supposed to be. So, like, I don't feel like that's a project. But it may, may have been. What do you think? For me... I always bring things back to um, the analogy of planting. And when when you say that, I think about good soil. Mm, exactly. 
you know what I mean? Like you can put something in the dirt, a seed in the dirt, but if it's not good soil, it's not going to grow. And even if it does grow, it's not going to grow to its full potential. Yeah. And so I just think that um, it comes down to choosing well. Choosing well. To being able to choose well and ask the right questions or be mindful of the things that are um, necessary for you or for the other person to be able to grow. Yeah. And I think that what we're looking for in relationships, what it seems like now, when I listen to the back and forth between men and women, especially in the black culture, right? Hmm. In black culture, I feel what? I don't know. I just didn't know what you meant by that statement. In black culture? Mm -hmm. Keep going. I just want to hear what you said. I just got interested when you said black culture. Okay. So when I hear the back and forth is that I'm looking for someone who's got it together, who doesn't need a lot of the growth, right? That, you know, I've already done. I already put in my work. I'm looking for someone who put in the work like I put in the work. Finding someone that is has it already all together, like, that's actually harder to grow with. Because when you meet someone who's got it all together. They're settled in their way. They're ways. settled. They're not really trying to budge <laughs> like that. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I, what I got to change for you for? I'm good. You good. You accepted me like this. Why would I change? Da -da 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 -da. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And the whole thing is about changing and merging to becoming one. That means part of you coming together is going to have to fall off in order for it to fit. <laughs> Do you realize that? Like, part of your old ways are not going to work for a, a, a solid relationship. Mm. And I don't think people understand that. that. I feel like that goes into the dying to self. I feel like I've heard that sermon preached mm -hmm. as far as when you come into a relationship. The two become one, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's certain, there's certain relationships I had before we got together that I cannot have anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's certain relationships that you had and, you know, relationships like culture that just did not work anymore, mm -hmm. you know, for our relationship. And that was worth leaving. But mm -hmm. it felt like a lot in the beginning because that's all we had mm -hmm. was those relationships or those uh, pet peeves or those things that we cared about, you know, for the most part. So I just really want to, like, hammer in the fact that, like, you really come together to grow together into something different. Mm -hmm. And both of you are going to grow. It may look different for each person, but you both are going to grow. I, I was trying to look up the exact wording of the scripture because I feel like Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like Glenn was talking earlier about how um, I helped to, I helped you to become who you are, but I also feel like you helped me to become who I am simultaneously. And so when you are in a relationship, if you are not both provoking growth for the other person, then it's probably not a very fruitful relationship. But but I would say that at some point in our marriage, there was a obvious like that ain't going to work no yeah. more. You know what I'm What's saying? What's not going to work anymore? Like, like, I don't think in the beginning, like you grew that much. Like mm -hmm. I challenged you yeah. that much. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is by you saying that, Someone gonna be like, well, he's not challenging me to grow, and I'm, I'm the, he's the only one growing, mm. or she's the only one growing, and I'm sitting here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. Like, I need someone that's gonna challenge me to grow. That's not a reason to leave a relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's just in certain seasons, you might be encouraging 
one person more than the other. What are you thinking right now? Because you you kind of glitched. <laughs> the only the only thing that I was thinking is how I'm going back to my um, plant analogy is when you put a seed in the soil, it grows down before it grows up. And mm -hmm. so sometimes we can't necessarily see how the other person, like you wouldn't necessarily be able to see how you were impacting me and my growth because there was something internally happening in the way I was changing my way of thinking mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff that may not have been externally displayed. Um, like vegetables out the can. Gosh, dang it. Yeah. She ain't um, never had vegetables out the can until she met me, y'all. I had lettuce. I had salads. Yeah, lettuce, probably collard greens was. <laughs> I did have some collard greens that and was some it. sweet potatoes. Everything else was canned beans, canned Oh, corn. and cabbage. We had cabbage. Oh, we had cabbage. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man, you just got me off my train of thought. I'm sorry. But basically, I was saying, yeah, like there are seasons when, because I don't, like, I understand what you're saying because you're like, you're trying to. Um, alert women or men, whomever it is, whatever partner it is in the relationship that like, if you're not necessarily feeling challenged, I don't know. I feel like there's a way to analyze how the other person is challenging them. Cause I don't necessarily think you weren't challenging me just because you didn't see the growth. Doesn't mean I wasn't growing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, those, yeah. I don't remember those days as much. I feel like you were planting seeds. Like you, when we got together, your way of thinking and the culture that you came from and the life experiences that you had okay, yeah. deeply impacted how I, you were popping my bubble. Like my whole yeah. little Christian sheltered bubble. Yeah. You you didn't even gently like, you know, poke a hole and let the air slowly come out. You just was like, bam. F word in the hose. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, though. But I did just want to share my personal experience That's that true. even though he can't necessarily acknowledge the growth, that doesn't necessarily mean that the growth was not happening. Yeah. Um, OK. That's that's good. All right. So I, I wanted to challenge. Um, I wanted to ask a couple questions here or just tell you guys some ways you might want to think about asking um, questions or Answering questions about the person you're dating uh, to see if if they're good soil, maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> I feel like we we constantly say choose well, choose well. And so when we were thinking about, okay, what does it mean to choose well? Or how do you know if you've chosen well? Here are a few questions that you can ask yourself to know that you have good soil to plant in or build on or whatever. And so... Um, the yeah. other person, the questions we have, or a few of them are, can you admit when, or can they admit when they're wrong? Right. Or even you, can you admit when you're wrong? <laughs> because you're the one going out there trying to date people, right? Can either of you. Right, right. Can you admit, can you be humble enough to say, I was wrong, I apologize, that's not what I meant, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. Can you admit it? If you're with a person and they're kind of like, well, I wanted to do this and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Unapologetic. Or uh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Like those like backwards apologies, like beware, there's some deeper stuff going on there with humility and being humble is an essential part of being in a relationship mm. because it's about mutual submission. Mm -hmm. I submit to my wife. She submits to me. It is we are submitted to the goal, mm -hmm. right? As a family, as a unit under God, this is it's not just, well, you know, what I'm saying 
she can do whatever she wants. And you know what I mean? Like it is, uh, it is humility. We mm-hmm. have to be humble. Go ahead, babe. And then the next question is, do you or they have accountability? Right. Do they have someone who, who is in their life that can say, you know what? You probably should go back and uh, try that again. Or that is not a solid piece of work. I know you can do better than that. Um, do they have someone that they are submitted to, friends, uh, family, more like, you know, you want to make sure that they have people in their life that are just not yes men, right? If you're around a bunch of people who just always tell you yes, right? And yeah, you're doing great, man. That's amazing. You know, and sometimes kind of like, man, that's trash. That is a red flag to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that is a red flag. You want someone who is at least able to be accountable mm-hmm. to something else or to a vision, mm-hmm. right? You also want someone with a good work ethic. You want to elaborate or you want me to? Okay, I can. Um, You don't want anyone who starts something and doesn't finish, like, or doesn't have a good reason for not finishing. They at least really tried hard in order to complete a mission, a task, a goal. Um, If someone is so quick to give up on whatever, then who's the, like, why should they not be so quick to give up on the relationship? Because you guys are going to hit bumps in the road and you want to know that they can kind of push through the discomfort in order to achieve said goal. Yeah, and I think that really applies to relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Work ethic in relationships. So, you know what's work is like, you know, admitting when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. being accountable, right? Mm-hmm. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, texting you back. <laughs> um, hey, I'm so sorry I'm running late. Um, I do care about you. I'm so sorry I'm not going to be able to make it, but, you know, I sent you flowers or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or I, I bought you a meal. I'm so sorry. Da-da-da-da. Like working on the relationship, doing things with intention um, and trying, even when they mess up, trying to make things right, right? That's hard work. And someone who has good work ethic is kind of like, look, what is it going to take for us to get better, right? Wh- what are you, well, it could take this. It could take that. Like, I don't care what it's going to take. I'm willing to do whatever mm-hmm. I got to do, right? Yeah. That's that's someone who works hard. Mm-hmm. Next is uh, they have a friend group or uh, spheres of influence. So you, wanna, you want me to? Yeah, I feel like that was one of yours. Okay. Um, yeah, like someone who can exist in a culture of people has, um, you know, multiple friends, uh, you know, isn't like the black sheep of the group. You know what I'm saying? It depends. You might like that. You know what I'm saying? It just depends. But just this, this is just all stuff to kind of be aware of and just think about like, okay, cool. If you the black sheep, I'm the black sheep. We're going to be black sheep. Yeah, we ain't going to go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like if that's your job, then cool. You know, um, I think one of the cool things you see, that and I had different groups of friends. You know what I mean. So when we first hung out, like I was like, "Yo, let's go bowling with the one of the homies." You know what I'm saying? And we went bowling. She came. You know what I mean? It, it was whack. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time. We had a good time. We had a good time. It was but, just kind of like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, doing? yeah. It's like that wasn't her job. She's not like a bowler. That's not something. But she was willing to. And put, I would be at the like rap shows too, and that wasn't really my scene either. No, it was not. I was just out there, y'all. Yeah. I was really trying to be a part of this man's life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you put in some work there. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, do they value your opinion? Yes. I think that is really important. Now, I feel like in that one, you kind of have to be careful, too, 
because you don't want their opinion to like overshadow your own desires and integrity and all the things. Um, but yeah, do they value your opinion? Yeah. And I think too, like that can be a sensitive one. So say if kind of like, you know, like with an artist for like the sense of an artist, right? Like if that's like, Hey, I like that song. Why don't you put that song on an album? I'm like, I don't want to, I was Or why don't you let me sing on a track? Yeah. Like, sorry, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you let me teach your class? Your math class, you know what I'm saying? Everybody fails, right? So <laughs> I like, think he would be such a good teacher, y'all. I'd be such a good teacher. Everyone would be controlled, but they wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> and we'd be have a real cool I know. Class. I think they would learn a lot. I think so Who's going to teach it? I'm not going to teach it. No, I'm just saying, like, you as an educator, like, even just in our home with our kids, it's not so much about the content as it is about the life. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like... The delivery of the content? I don't know. You just are really good in how you teach lessons. And I think some of my favorite teachers in school, in my like schooling experience, were teachers who went beyond the, the subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones you remember. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, um, now he wasn't my favorite when <laughs> we when I was in his class necessarily, but Mr. Wickham, um, I, he was my AP stats teacher, mm-hmm. one of those classes. And, you know, towards after you take all the AP tests, it's kind of like what you do. You got like that's in May and school gets out in June. He spent time teaching us how to like change a tire, which I don't remember. Wow. Um, Oil changes like he he did a lot of different things that were outside of the topic. And I just think that that was amazing. And, you know, I have other teachers who did other things. But yeah, in college, my teacher's praying for us. Wow. You know. Um, and then the last thing, and this was one that Glenn said, uh, eye contact, like, do they be avoiding you, looking you in the eyes when they talking to you or do they look you in the eyes when they're communicating with you? Now we have to be mindful of people who have, are somewhat on the spectrum Mm -hmm. because there are social disorders that, excuse me, that would, um, yeah, prevent someone from doing that. Yeah, but yeah, but that's just general. something that like you know, are they like always looking at their phone and they, when you're talking, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like stuff that's gonna get on your nerves over a long period of time. Like you know what I mean? Like don't like settle for that just because you want to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to kind of oh, we're gonna talk about red flags or oh oh, we're gonna talk about Maggie if she doesn't mind. Yeah, Maggie. Oh yeah, hopefully Maggie doesn't mind. She wouldn't. We'll ask. But Maggie, so um, we have a friend named Maggie, and her husband's name is Drew. One of the, <laughs> and their social security number is. <laughs> um, we love them. They're like, really good friends of mm-hmm. ours. And one of the things that Maggie had a standard, she was like, I don't want to marry someone who is. Has in, debt. Has debt. I want someone who's debt free. I want to marry. And Drew wanted to marry Maggie so bad. And she was like, cool, when you pay off your debt, then we can get married. Because I don't want to come in marriage. I don't know what her reasoning was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we watched them kind of walk through that. And he was burdened by the debt, but it didn't really matter. But he wanted her so bad that he made it his top priority to get rid of the, rid of the debt. And she helped him. Now, mm-hmm. she didn't pay his bills for mm-hmm. him. But she was like, all right, cool. Like, what's next? You know what I mean? Like, she taught him the snowball method and all mm-hmm. these different things. And really helped hold him accountable Mm -hmm. and together they had a debt-free party Mm -hmm. which we enjoyed and they got married after that Mm -hmm. 
crazy. I don't even think he had proposed until after that party. I'm saying, like, so that's just an example of like, yeah, Drew didn't have it all there with the with the money thing, with the debt thing, but Maggie had a standard and she was like, Well, he's not paid out. He don't have a debt. He got debt, so I don't want him. Mm-hmm. It was like, I really want you, but these are things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna work through these things together. And I'm gonna help you get there, but this is a standard that I can't, I can't, I can't bend here. And I really appreciate that, appreciate that story because it just shows so much of how it's okay to work together and grow together for a specific purpose. Um, red flags. I'm sorry. Go ahead, baby. I'm sorry. I was, I was just gonna say. I think we're gonna probably do a follow up episode about like your non-negotiables and like how to create your list. Cause Glenn has um, often shared about his list that he had for his future wife. And I didn't necessarily have one, but I do think that there is value in having one. And for Maggie to even know that that was something that she valued for her future partner, I think is really important. And so I think it's worthwhile to take time because if we don't have that list and we don't have someone to hold us accountable to that list, then we can end up falling into unfertile ground. In anybody's <laughs> arms. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think we it's definitely necessary for us to do a follow-up episode to that. But I just want to say yes. Yeah. I think I like kudos to her for having that thing that she was like, this is really what I desire in my future husband. Mm-hmm. I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. And who knows? It may have just been a will he do it type thing a, a you know test? what I mean like mm. I, I I don't think that but I, I don't know I think it's beneficial for the family I think it's beneficial oh, for their definitely. future for, for them to do that and so. like we get to watch them now build <laughs> like we've gotten to witness them building together and they are doing so well it, it was it was a sermon a very slow sermon about stewardship. Mm. It was a sermon about like, I just no, got, yeah, yeah, goosebumps. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I know you care about things, but how much do you care about this? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, what are you really doing? Like, if you if we can't handle this, then we we really don't need to be getting married. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so interesting and and so beautiful to watch a sermon slow roast mm-hmm. like that and to see where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'm trying to tell you, like. I'm proud of them, and and I would love to see more people have a few things on their list that they're kind of like, hey, these are non-negotiables. If we can get through these things, we're cool. And and then have your things that kind of like, hey, I'd like this, but it's not that serious. Next episode, can we do can we do it next episode? I think, think we should. Next episode, I'll share the list that I I have because I finally found it. I've been talking about it for years. Um, that I have for Yvette and all it was it wasn't for Yvette, but it was for whoever that person was. And I was praying to God like, look. I want this, but I don't want this if I'm not this. Like, mm. it was like a dual prayer, right? And then I sent it out to all my friends, and, um, you know, they held me accountable to that. So before we leave, we're going to talk about a little bit of red flags, mm-hmm. right? Um, so red flags you should think about, right? Mm-hmm. How many times did they reschedule the first date? So you guys are supposed to meet, and they're kind of like, oh, you know, I got this going on. And, uh, you know, I'm so sorry. You know, I, maybe next time or da 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 um, you know, how fast do they text you back? Are you a priority, right? Mm-hmm. Or if they're kind of like, so sorry I was at work, you know, or I have to have my phone off or whatever, you know, like, you know, you got to kind of go slow. Who you marry is the, the second most important decision, you know what I'm saying, you'll ever make in your life, right? It's 
it's who you're partnering with with everything. You're sharing your bed, your body, your finances, your children, your your space, your time, your extended family. Like everything is going into this relationship, right? Um, how do they prioritize their funds? Where are they putting their money? What are they investing in? Is it frivolous? Is it stuff that is for other people's vantage points, right? Hmm. Is this, you know, are they, um, you know, saving money, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then how do they treat service workers? This is, I love this because when you're with somebody and they're rude to the staff when you're out to eat or whatever the situation is, like it's really telling. Like mm -hmm. it tells you a lot about that person, um, uh, how they respect other people, how they respect you. If they see you in this position of service, how they're going to treat you, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what marriage is. Marriage is service. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like that's another thing that uh, you should pay attention to. So we got some red flags. We got some uh, some call-out things you should be looking for, some great questions to ask. If you have anything to add in this YouTube yeah. comment section, please make sure you uh, leave it in the comment section below. Any questions or things that are kind of like, hey, these are my non-negotiables, we love to hear them. We'll bring them up maybe in the next episode. Yeah, and I also wanted to draw your guys' um, attention to the fact that we have a voicemail um, system, uh -huh. <laughs> a number you can call and leave a voicemail. The only thing I ask is that if you leave a voicemail and you do not want your voice played over um, the podcast, that you just let me know that when you send the voicemail. But if you'd like to hear us talk more about something specific as it pertains to um a previous podcast, we might insert a segment where it's like Q and A. Yeah. Um, just like one question we can answer during a podcast or whatever. Like we used to do on Tuesdays. Yeah. We, and we might bring back Tuesdays. We'll see, but um, yeah. And we also have an email. So if you're better written or you don't mind me reading your email, just change the names and all the things, then we can do that as well. Um, and I do know that there are a lot of old emails that have not been answered. And if you are still looking for an answer, just, um, press forward so that because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back yeah. and look at all those emails to be completely honest there you go um and so babe how married are you all right I know I wrote one down but you're gonna do something different I'll do something different oh, lord here we go the other day midday on a Wednesday this day I don't I don't take no meetings really it's a busy day that hit me up and was like the tire popped on the car with the nanny in it and not just the nanny, but our four kids our and the nanny. Our four kids. And she was like, I'm going to go relieve the nanny. She's going to take her car, da-da-da-da-da, but I'm going to sit with the car. It's going to take. Well, at first, I was like, I'll just wait on the trail truck. But then I got a message saying Say it was going to be 90 me. minutes, which means it's really going to be three hours. So I was like, all right, do you need me? And she was like, yes. And I was like, cool. You know what I'm saying? So I, f I just finished up what I was doing, and I headed over there the hottest day. Oh, my gosh. It was so hot. Poor guy. It was hot. And I was I think I was fly that day. Like, I dressed. You, you did. You wore clothes. I wore clothes. Because Glenn usually is in sweats and whatever yeah, all the time. But he actually around. had on, like, jeans. Editing, and <laughs> yeah. So I think I had a meeting of some sort. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I forget how to <laughs> I forget how to change the tire. Like I forgot that you had to do the lug nuts first before you lift the tire up or you lift the car up. 
So this guy's watching me on a forklift, and he's like, yo, can I help you? I'm like, nah, man, I got it. And I thought I was doing everything right, and he's just looking at me with the forklift. Yeah. Like, man, just let <laughs> and me. he didn't leave when Glenn said, no, yeah. I got it. Yeah, he yeah. didn't leave. He just sat there because yeah. he's like, you don't need me, bro. It was a parking <laughs> lot, yeah. And so he helped me pick, take, put the car back down and pick it back up, and mm-hmm. then I, I did it. it it happened like maybe 15 minutes I got it done. It was probably less than that, I think. Yeah, but he did it really quick. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I got to help you out with, uh, you know, just drop my things and come save the day. I was thinking like, man, if it's no way that I'm letting this woman change a tire, right? Like when you got a husband, you don't need nobody to do that. You know what I'm saying? Did you believe that? <laughs> You could have just said that. Though. I know. But the thing is, I knew it was in the middle of the day. So I was, I'm so married that I. Oh, is this your how married? Are you <laughs> piggybacking? You better come up with something original. I have something. But I, I just didn't want, I hate, like, I genuinely try my hardest not to interrupt your day. Like, if it's something I can handle. And even when I'm about to, like, because sometimes I'm about to be like, and then I think, no, I can handle this. I can take care of this. He mm. does. I don't need him for this. Um, because I know that you have stuff going on here. So I really didn't want to bother you, and I did want to wait for the tow truck. However, when he said it was going to take that long, and I knew the things I needed to get done, and I knew the office is like 10, 12 minutes away, you could get, you know, I didn't think it was going to take up that much time. So, yeah. And if I would have known that man in the store would have helped me, I should have, I would have gone there earlier. He's all good. Um, Happy I could do that. Yeah, but I was so grateful. For you that day. Thank you. I think we even recorded an episode. Oh, no, it was a Wednesday. Did we record that day? Something happened. We recorded, I think. Okay. Babe, how married are you? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> um, I'm so married that the other day I went to the Maverick City concert. And because Glenn was with the kids, I took the truck, which I really do not like driving that truck. But um, I took the truck. And then when I was on my way back home, I realized the truck was on E. And so, and I was like, I don't know, it was after midnight when I got back in town. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to have him wake up to an empty tank in the morning. I'm going to fill up his gas tank. And I was tired. I was so thoughtful. But I, and that, yeah. Yeah. And And that's that's just how married we are. are.